This is Jordan Edwards, and this is the Business Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. With Mike Conicelli. How are you, my oh, friend? Doing well. Thanks, Jordan. How are you? Very good. I'm thrilled to uh, have you on this podcast. Uh, let me set let me set this up who you are. You are one of my teammates at Budokan Martial Arts Academy. You are one of New York's bravest, FDNY. You are a business owner uh, at yeah. your bar. You yeah. are uh, someone who uh, embodies leadership and beginner's mind and uh, and truly what it means to be a martial artist and honored to call you a friend. And I'm, I'm so excited to have you as a part of this project wow. because I've witnessed you in the gym over many years and in the most humble possible way, you exude what it takes to get better at things and be a beginner, but get better and also uh, be a leader. So before we jump into all that, just give the watchers, listeners, just a little background on who you are, when you got into the fire department, uh, your, maybe some a, a little bit about your bar and uh, anything oh, yeah. you think is relevant. Sure, uh, Mike Conicelli, uh, grew up in Rockaway Beach, Queens, New York. I got onto the fire department in 2004, uh, May 2004. Uh, I'm owner, part owner of uh, Ratbones Pub on the Upper East Side of Manhattan on 88th and 2nd Avenue. I've uh, been there 15 years, 16 years, almost coming up on uh, 16 years as well. So, uh, yeah, and uh, thanks again for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to be here. It's uh, quite the honor. Thank you for the kind words. I think you're very yeah. generous with the words. Well, I, anything that I say is not going to do it truly do it justice especially all the amazing memories i have of you in my mind but um, one of the things that we always share is that you've passed me some amazing book recommendations oh yeah, yeah. and over the course yeah. of training together i mean you are built like an absolute rock of a human juggernaut <laughs> of a man i mean uh training with you is always uh just an absolute mauling <laughs> and that's uh pure strength and power but also you've really taken the time to learn jujitsu techniques over these years and yeah. but but the real reason and one of the things i wanted to talk to you today is about you do a, a lot of training at uh, yeah. NY. That's one of your roles now. Yeah. And yeah. just to kick this off, whenever you're done with jujitsu, mm -hmm. you know, we're supposed to sweep up and mop up the mat. Yeah. And a lot of beginners, they have a problem with this. They're like, I didn't pay to come and sweep mm -hmm. them up these mats. And you yeah. have had many, many a discussion over the years that yeah. it, sweeping up and mopping the mats is just something that we do um, yep. as, a, as a matter of pride, taking care of our yeah. gym and our dojo. Exactly. And yep. It's part of the training. Mm -hmm. so, what, what, share some of your thoughts on that. Well, I, uh, one thing I know you and I had a conversation many times about it, and uh, it's just something that takes pride in. It's uh, the dojo is, it's all, it's all dojo. It's, you know, it's Sensei's place and stuff like that, but it, it's ours, and it's something that we take pride in. And the way, if we don't know someone comes into the dojo, you introduce yourself, they're a guest there. You want to be as warming and welcoming as you can. And then on top of that, when uh, at the end of class, take pride in it, keep the place clean, put everything back where it belongs, clean the bathroom, whatever you could do to help out. And uh, that's something that I've learned as a young guy working in uh, different bars and restaurants over the years, and especially the tradition in the FDNY. Uh, I'm a science engine company, 16 and ladder seven. And uh, that house is a very strong tradition of uh, just, um, like if we say doing the right thing and helping each other out and uh if you don't do it the uh the brothers and sisters will be very hard on you they keep you in check they keep you humble to say the least and yeah. uh you know we have the uh we're very hard on each other but we expect a lot from each other and uh if you can't do the small things 
we can't at the firehouse we can't expect you to do the big things at fires that we always say you know very well said speaking of that tell me if you can see this i pulled up something from your instagram account and uh, i think it speaks to that fact but oh not this one hold on that's getting ahead of myself uh just give me one moment see here oh that's a third (laughs) hold up a few things from your instagram account that i love you have a great instagram account you that you really 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 awesome uh, stuff so this this is from your instagram it says it's the small habits how you spend your mornings how Mm. you talk to yourself what you read what you watch who you share your energy with who has access to you that will change mm-hmm. your life by Michael Tong. And um, yeah. you're 1% better each day. And these are the yeah. kind of things that you're putting up and you're telling yourself and you're reading. Mm-hmm. The small habits are everything. Oh, without a doubt. Yes, it's just baby steps. And 1% every day, uh, better every day. Because those little, small little increments you make and those slight little changes and little habits that you make, you be create. And then they get you get better every day. You work towards the goal. It's the little things like uh, drinking water instead of soda. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, going, having something without bread, little things like that, that eventually add up. And even if you give yourself uh, five minutes to, to jitsu, for example, give yourself five to 10 minutes to just think about a move. It's like, uh, you know, I know you and I joke around many times or I can't pass your guard. To this day, I still can't pass your guard. Yes. And, uh, and I, I said, I think it was three, four years ago, I told you that uh, my Christmas wish was to pass your guard for Christmas, <laughs> before, before Christmas. And uh, it's those little things though. We've been just taking a couple of minutes and, just uh, looking, looking at a couple of videos or whatever it is, just always look to improve. You know, everyone, you know, at least have a honest conversation with yourself. There's always something that can be done. Being able to pass the guard and um, it's, it's a good metaphor for life, you know, because it's you, when you, when you're training with people over the course of many years, if it's the same people over and over again, it's hard to get a grasp of, are you actually getting better? Mm -hmm. Because Tech, you know, if you and I are coming consistently, we're both getting better together. And yeah, yeah. people that are just a little bit ahead of you, it's hard to have those jumps if they're not, unless they stop and you can. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I think that's a, just a good metaphor for for all the things in life. And then you oh, have, yeah. when you are consistent, like you've been, and then someone who wasn't consistent, they come in and mm-hmm. now you're their guard with ease. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. And in, in business, you know. a lot. Oh yeah, definitely. And there's always there's always gonna be some type of adversity or something we're gonna face, and just uh, keep chipping away, chipping away at it, you know. Like and then, uh, I don't know, Sensei always talks a couple many times during uh, the, his great, unbelievable match hats that he has. Uh, how just putting the time in, and you know, the the match don't the match don't lie. You know, you could uh, you know you could you could walk around with every t-shirt and every uh, new gi and et cetera, but if you're not putting the time in. Jiu-Jitsu is going to uh, yeah. show it. It's not going to, you know, and it's all about mat time. You know what I mean? And that, so, so just uh, to kind of explain, explain what a mat chat is in your words. So uh, first of all, I think we're blessed that we have Sensei uh, Nordu that as our uh, as our Sensei and teacher, and he, and I'm sure you would agree that he's made a great influence in all of our lives. Huge. Not only just in the sense of uh, his instruction in Jiu-Jitsu, but his personality, where he just gives you life lessons and. Yes. So many different people have, you know, gone to classes and stuff like that, and just everything you take away from them, and just those, uh, those ten minutes, fifteen minutes, whatever it is at the class that he talks, are just unbelievable. He just so much wisdom and knowledge, and just everything makes sense. And then it's even to the point where 
not even about so much in training, but other aspects of your life that he like that is what he says is starting to be relative to that. You know, whether it is business or some stuff at home with the family and you know, little everything like that and uh just wealth of knowledge. It's unbelievable, you know, just a you know, kind, knowledgeable, good person, like, you know, someone you strive to be like, you know what I mean? You wish you could take a little piece of him each time you go. And we do actually we take a little piece of him and we add that to ourselves and that's what's great, you know? Yeah. He's uh, Sensei Narju Debra. Our gym is Budokan yeah. Martial Arts Academy, and mm -hmm. he is a sage. He's a samurai. That's artist, a musician, yeah. and yeah. he really he embodies that lifestyle. He lives that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. he that lifestyle, and you know, one of his beautiful lines is that when the student is ready, the teacher shall appear, and mm -hmm. shows up at that dojo night yeah. after night after night, yep. giving out yeah. the wisdom. Yeah. Sharing his technique, sharing his these lessons, and all you have to do is show up. Mm -hmm. He's yep. incredibly generous with that oh, yeah, time, and and I I've been so grateful. You know, I've uh, this past August was eleven years that I've been training under Sensei, wow. and it's just wow. every, every time, even though some of the stories I, I've heard over the years, it's they're they're still so fresh. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And then yeah. I have a new experience in my life that I can filter that story through, and I and I get something new from it. So it's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then, and yeah. uh, speaking about that, you have developed or have always had a love of reading and great books. I mean, we share a lot of similar mm. uh, interest in books. Wh where did your where did this love of reading and 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 thirst for knowledge come from? Well, uh, I would definitely say for my mom. My mom's uh, big into history also, mm -hmm. and uh, she was a huge fan of uh, Benjamin Franklin. And growing up, if you think about Benjamin Franklin. I would put him in the same category as uh, Leonardo da Vinci, which is literally a Renaissance man that he did everything. What didn't, uh, you know, especially uh, Benjamin Franklin, an American who came up with the post office, he came up with the, one of the modern designs for the, uh, I think for the fire department, for the fire service. He, uh, um, the scientist, politician, statesman, everything that he did, you know, but he's one of the guys and that just uh, developed uh, my interest in American history. And then that peaked into always trying to have the philosophy of being a student for life always, yeah. you know, willing to learn. And, you know, my senior guy in the firehouse who uh, retired a couple of years ago, Tom Gurn, would always say to us, you're a student for life. The minute you think you know everything on this job, you have to retire because you don't know everything. And this is a guy who had 33 years in the fire service so when he got out. And, you know, he's a guy who took his under our wing. He's like a father figure to us. And he always, you know, he was an RN also. So he was uh, reading his nursing journals and stuff. And he would constantly show us that that wealth of knowledge is always there. And there's always something to think about. There's always new technology coming and new techniques, you know, and who's uh, definitely have that, you know? Well, speaking of that, I had another quote. I accidentally pulled it up a few minutes ago, but let's, uh, let's share that now. And, <laughs> oh, and it disappeared. Well, it was Jim Mattis's quote. So let's see if I can pull this thing. Oh yeah. yeah a great book. Call yeah. sign chaos. Excellent book. Yeah. If, you haven't, if you haven't read hundreds of books, you are functional, functionally illiterate and you'll become incompetent because your personal experiences alone aren't broad enough to sustain you. Jim Mattis, mm -hmm. Thoughts on Chaos, Learning to Lead. Mm -hmm. uh, you gave me this book. This was your yeah. recommendation and it was life-changing good. Oh, yeah, excellent, right? He was, oh, what a warrior. God. What an absolute warrior. And, you know, one of the things that I took out of that was not only the book was excellent, but he, his favorite book is... Uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, yep. and that that led me into the path that opened up the door to the Stoics to me, and I started reading more about the Stoics and Stoic philosophy, and then Ryan Holiday, who's a modern Stoic, and he has a great podcast himself and yep. other books, and it's definitely excellent, you know. 
Yeah. Ryan Holiday is one of the biggest influences on my adult life. Mm. Yeah. Uh, from the first book I read of his Obstacle is the Way and Ego is yeah. the yeah. and Stillness. Mm -hmm. And these books are books that I have read over and over and over again. I mean, I yeah. can't, every time I, I get a lull in yeah. another book, I pick that book up and I read a chapter. And then I also mm -hmm. read his book, Daily Stoic, which is like a daily yeah. passage wisdom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. so. Date, Ryan Holiday has become an incredibly important part of my my daily life mm -hmm. and my daily routine, and he's uh, you know opened my eyes and ears to this way of thinking, this Stoic way of thinking, which I yeah. think yeah. more that I learn about it, you see all of these other successful people have incorporated this mm -hmm. way of their life, and I would say it's just a high level of emotional intelligence, a high level mm -hmm. of personal accountability. Oh, yeah. uh, and I think I, I pulled up one of your other quotes, but then it disappeared, which is, it said uh, something to the effect of um, be hard on yourself, but tolerant of others. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I definitely think from the way that you post that that's something that you really do live by. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, you, you have a really nice outlook on life. I think like super middle of the road, you remind me a lot of like the way Joe Rogan feels like you're not afraid yeah. to go out people on the left you're not afraid to call the people on yeah. the right and you live like a, a very you want to hold people to good standards but you also take kind of the responsibility with them yes yeah yeah i think that definitely i think the uh the hypocrisy on both sides and it's and every day it's becoming more and more obvious you know and it's all what it all things down to just power who wants power you know who wants it more and you know the uh unfortunately the the extremists on both sides of the aisle are the ones that get the most attention and yeah. i think that the uh you know I consider myself an independent, you know, but again, I like fiscal conservative at certain points and then socially, you know, uh, progressive in certain things also. It's, and again, no one's right. You know what I mean? Even uh, we can go back to, you know, our, our sweet dear moms or anybody else and no one's right all the time. You know, people yeah. are human. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think it's very polarizing today with politics. I think that, you know, it's, uh, I think there's something I put up the other day saying that, uh, you know, you could be for, you could be for Biden if you're still my friend. You could be for Trump, you're still my friend. Oh yeah. Let's bring back, yeah, I think I put uh civility 2020 because people are so polarized right now where, and it just not even, you can have a conversation with anybody, you know what I mean? Like the people yeah. have the, just have a conversation and people are so against it, you know? Yeah. There it is. yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're my yeah. friend and you support Trump, you're, you're my friend. If you're my friend and you support Biden, you're my friend. If you feel the need to degrade those who feel differently than you, maybe we are not friends. Yeah. I think it's a really, you know, this is a good way of, of thinking and, the world mm -hmm. kind of lost its mind a little. And I don't, I don't oh, really yeah. think it's political, but I'm only saying it through the lens yeah. of leadership and mm -hmm. how, you know, you, you are someone who trains firefighters right now. You're someone who is fostering yeah. leadership in, in not only in the firehouse, but in the business. And you yeah. know, as a, as a leader in the firehouse that there are aspects of the firehouse that are social, right? Yeah. Yeah. Putting yeah. up duty, the way you guys cook yeah. for each other. Yeah. These are yeah. all things you told me. Uh, mm -hmm. up the mats, not being afraid yeah. to take out the trash, but there's also a hierarchy in getting things done. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just like yeah. kind of like explain the way like a, a, a your average firehouse kind of works. So you, uh, usually uh, you have certain group. You have a group of guys working. So to break it down in simplest terms, there's an engine, which is the the best way to describe it would be we grab a fire hydrant and we have hose in the back that we extinguish the fire. And then the fire truck is the ones with the ladder company. And what they do is they force entry. They use the tools that they have to basically break down your door to gain entry to do uh, the search for life and then, or even uh, find where the fire is. Um, so just having, so there's two companies in my house. We have engine 16 and ladder seven. I'm assigned to 16 engine. And uh, 
every day you come in the morning and you bring something with you. Like if I'm going to work on um, a day shift, so we bring something with us. So the members that worked the night before, did, you know, when they when they start to come down, whatever they're doing, or whatever, we have uh, breakfast for them. So whenever you come in, you're already bringing in something with you. So you bring in breakfast, and then just like a regular house, we we cook three times a day. We have dishwashers, we do laundry. You know, uh, we have a small gym that we were, you know, different things like that. So it is a functioning house for the lack of a better term. And uh, we, you know, right after, uh, so we check the rig every day. Uh, the rig gets checked twice a day. So our usual tours are between nine o'clock in the morning and then six o'clock at night. So all 900, before all 900, the rig gets checked usually around eight o'clock. And then uh, we'll come back in, we'll do a roll call, see what's going on, who's, what do we have going on today. We do building inspection on top of our fire calls. We do building inspection and different things. And then, uh, that's done. Usually, uh, we'll talk about a couple of things. We'll do it, and then uh, we'll we'll do committee work. And committee work is something where everyone working in the firehouse, except for the officers, uh, clean. So we break it up at our house where second floor and first floor. So the first floor has the kitchen and the offices, and the house watch. The house watch is where we have a computer which we answer the tones. So uh, we have that, and uh, so we take turns doing that. And upstairs is the uh, locker room, the bathrooms, the showers, and then the uh, the um, TV rooms and stuff like that. So uh, everybody takes turns. We'll strip everything, you know, clean everything, especially with COVID. We're, uh, we're very lucky in our house that nobody actually working in the house had COVID. We were very uh, diligent in cleaning and stuff like that. But uh, yes, yeah, it's it all group's decision. Then it's, uh, you know, on top of the runs, then you get to decide what's for lunch. What are we going to do for lunch? And then, uh, you know, if someone's working the night tour, one guy will take charge of lunch and the next guy will take charge of dinner. So then we have the meals in and ready because, uh, you know, we never know what you're going to do. We do about in the engine, we do about 5,000 runs a year. And in the light of seven, I believe they do around 4,200 runs a year. So we, uh, we stay pretty busy. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, just a, just a quick interlude on that and story. I lived for 12 <laughs> years in your zone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One night, I'm living on 44th and 2nd mm-hmm. Avenue in Manhattan. I live in a, a, a concrete building, brick veneer. And it's the middle of the night. And all of a sudden, I hear... open up burning down your guys are in i don't know how many pounds of gear you've got to walk up 20 flights of stairs Mm -hmm. and what had in that case what had happened was there was a fire a a floor below me yeah directly below you yeah yeah so that firefighter was a roof man that came to your uh he was either it depends on what type of building it is like you're a fireproof building a high-rise building so the roof man goes to the apartment above you above the fire, which happened to be your apartment that night. Yeah. And, uh, a rude awakening. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm texting you on, on Facebook in the middle of the yeah. night. Yeah. And I told the guy, I was, yeah. I was like, you know, Mike Conicelli. He's like, God, yeah. of course. He's yeah. <laughs> I was downstairs. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, yeah. I was downstairs and then, uh, at 20, I remember when I, when I got back to the house, I looked at my phone. And I was like, Oh, it's like, it was like, that was George's building. I started laughing. And they're like, you know, everything, was everything good? I go, yeah, it's fine now. It's out. We're good. You know? And I was, I was actually driving 16 engine at night. So I was uh, downstairs hooking up with the hydrant and helping out and doing different things. And uh, yeah, it's a funny story. I remember that yeah. uh, my buddy, uh, Jim Slevin, uh, who used to be the uh, vice president and the president of the union is back in lot of seven. And he said, he goes, you have a friend named Jordan? I go, yeah, why? He, goes, he was in that building now to the park. And I was like, what? And then I started laughing. And then when I got back to the house, I saw my cell phone that he had texted me. And I was, uh, I was a small world, right? Coincidence, you know? Small world. And, you know, it just, I, I ever, you know, always think this, but especially for you guys in the FDNY, you know, chugging up these stairs and these floors and the full kit. Yeah. No joke. No yeah. joke. Oh, yeah. 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 It's a tumbling, you know, and uh, we, you know, our, our rule uh, with the fire department is that if it's seven floors or below, we walk up. 
if it's eight or above, we go into the elevators. Yeah. And for, for safety reasons, we get off two floors below on mm -hmm. the elevators. So uh, it's uh, it's actually pretty uh, it's humbling. And every once in a while, when you don't feel like working out and stuff like that, and I'm on you know by any means in the best shape at all, but uh, you you find out you have to walk up you know 15, 16 flights or something you're like oh, <laughs> it's uh, your shape is unbelievably deceiving. No one watching you have this like fifth, six, seven, eighth gear of like that cardio just from being able to uh, be a fighter. Like you had just go it's crazy yeah yeah it's uh it's a it's a it's humbling you know it's a, and then you know it's uh it's fun it's a it's, I'm, I'm actually blessed it's one of the it's something i wanted to do since i was a kid and i was very fortunate to get uh to get onto the department and uh a lot of guys you know look for a career a lot of people look for careers and they kind of not sure what they want to do but it's something i always wanted to do and i'm truly blessed to have that opportunity. You know, I remember as a kid, my mom would say, if you find something you love, you never work a day in your life. And uh, the, the, I'd say the hardest part about being a fireman is just leaving your family to go to work. Yeah. But the minute, you, the minute you fuck your car and you walk in and you see the first guy and he, saw, you know, he said something, usually we, uh, you know, we, we, we keep each other on our toes and we like to break chops and stuff like that. And that, the house uh, has a lot of camaraderie, so it's good. And then and, uh, you see the last and stuff like that, you know. Right now, I'm actually detailed to uh, show up a school, which is uh, I teach guys how to drive the fire trucks and how to pump water and stuff like that. And yeah. uh, so I'm not in my firehouse, and uh, I missed and I, I actually worked Saturday night, and I got a chance to go back and uh, and see the guys in the firehouse, and it was uh, a lot of laughs, a lot of camaraderie, and it was a lot of bossing uh, around, and they tormented me, <laughs> lack of a better term, and it was uh, it was good, it was a lot of no, fun. I love that. You're teaching, and uh, you know, I've had the opportunity to teach you. Uh, in fun, in the fundamentals class, and you're just yeah. not you. You teach, yeah. but you're an amazing student, and I always try to embody that too. It's like when That's I have the thing. opportunity to teach, it's the, like, an amazing experience. But I also love being a student, and I just always feel like for the rest of my yeah. life, yeah. I'll keep this attitude, like you mentioned before, of always yeah. being yeah. Student and, and just wanting to learn and read and grow. And yeah. and mm -hmm. read a book. I just want to read it again. You know, and I want yeah, to take yeah, a yeah. I just I want to do it again. And um, the the learning process has been the most rewarding part of of training jujitsu. And and oh, I yeah. just apply things that I learned, like you said, to uh, to to my business life. So let's mm -hmm. go over to your business life. And you're also the part owner of a bar, of which you yeah. have, have a variety of roles. But you yeah. know what it takes to to run a small business and. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. you know, and these are crazy, crazy times. <laughs> in the oh, yeah. Few yeah. weeks ago, yeah. I was in the height, but you know, just talk about like being a business owner and what you know through the lens oh. of all all of your training. Oh, it's uh, it's it's amazing how well, especially now with the COVID, it's uh, it's uh, uniquely challenging. It's hard to even put into words. Uh, it's was you know so. Right now, well, we weren't. We we stayed open at Rathbones. We stayed open the whole time. We were prepped and ready to go for St. Patrick's Day, which was uh, Tuesday. So the city shut down the bars, the restaurants Monday night at eight a.m., which was March sixteenth. And one of our biggest days of the year up there is uh, St. Patrick's Day, which was the Tuesday the seventeenth, which is actually my birthday too. And uh, we had uh, we were ready to go. We had all the beer, we had all the kegs, we had everything ready to go. And then it was like somebody just pulled the rug out from underneath us, and we uh, we landed on our butt. And uh, we never shut down. A couple of places uh, decided, all right, it was going to be you know, initially it was two weeks, uh, two weeks to flatten the curve. And a lot of places just said, okay, we're going to close down for a month. We'll do inventory, this, that, and the other, whatever we could do. 
and uh, we kept it open. We have a lot of friends that uh, in the neighborhood. We're a neighborhood place. We've been the, the original owner, Basil Rathbone. Uh, I believe he opened up Rathbones in 1955, and my partner's family took over in 1972. And I've been there 16 years already myself. And uh, it's a small neighborhood place. It's a kind of like you know, uh, ball food. We have great. We don't throw wings and stuff like that, and our burgers and everything. And it's kind of a neighborhood place inside Manhattan, which is kind of rare because everyone kind of knows each other and everything. And uh, it does get a little crazy at night sometimes, you know, the younger crowd and everything like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's tough, challenging. You know, we try to initially, you know, we're trying to blast social media with, hey, we always so open, come support us if you can. But a lot of the people went home, so Manhattan was kind of deserted. And I would, the best way I said we described it was Manhattan was like a quiet Sunday morning for the first two months of COVID in Manhattan. There was nobody in the street and there. It was very, uh, it, was, it was eerie, you know, to be honest with you. Yeah. And uh, we, we tried to do what we could. We had a lot of friends who were nurses and doctors and uh, different firehouses, different people. And we would call them up and they would support us. They would say, hey, listen, we're going to, uh, I want to order food for my uh, ICU department. You know, my wife's friends, stuff like that. They, hey, we want to order food for so-and-so. And people helped us out. But uh, it just wasn't enough, you know. It, it was, we're still open, obviously, and stuff like that. But it's just uh, extremely hard. And now... So we were able to open up outside and now we had the outside cafe, which is great. And then now I think if t- tomorrow goes into effect with the, the 30th, but then that's going to be another problem too, because now the, uh, you know, the 50, 25% occupancy really is not going to make money, you know, to what we had and stuff. So we really, uh, kind of dug ourselves into a hole and we're hoping that, uh, we'll be able to get out of it. And it's, uh, we've done, we've done it in the past. We'll do it again and just try to keep, uh, keep some optimism and hopefully, uh, you know, Brad Bones will be there another, uh, close to 50 years, you know, 48 years so far. I'm yeah. sure. Well, you guys, you know, you have all the takes and you have the community support of who's left and the yeah. city's yeah. slowly. Traffic's definitely not my store yeah. crickets yeah. and are on the upper yeah. east side. Our yeah. supporting stores have been doing really well uh, mm-hmm. because they left the city, but yeah, yeah, yeah. the city's slowly coming back to life. So I'm hopeful. Yeah. Hopeful. Yeah. It'll, uh, yeah. it'll be. It'll have you been yeah. doing training? Any jujitsu? Uh, no, to be honest with you, no. And I think uh, I think I might have to give back my blue belt because I think uh, I think I'm going to be very humbled when we go back. So I uh, I'm going to try to uh, definitely get more training in. What I've actually did do is uh, during COVID, the the uh, fire department to try to limit the exposure to different people. They kept us all in the same groups. So mm-hmm. I started rowing a lot. So you'd work with the same six people every four days. Yeah. And uh, one of the guys, I was very fortunate. One of the guys was a CrossFit trainer. And yeah. he would, uh, he, he would get me, he would drag me around and be like, all right, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And a lot of body weight movements and a lot of, uh, rowing and squats and burpees. And, and actually, yeah. uh, I really fell in love with rowing. I'm a big, uh, big fan of uh, rowing now. So I all try right. to, uh, every time, every time I get a chance to row, I try to row and stuff. And I knew, I knew that during COVID, if I sat around and did nothing, it would, uh, it wouldn't be good. And then even yeah. just uh, dealing with it, you know, I remember how unsecure, uh, how, will be the will be the terminology how uh unknown everything was and we were so well, nobody knew for sure every day you turned on the news it was some other piece of information and just having that uh little zone to get out of and just work out and stay busy you know and, and it was jujitsu obviously but then uh you know rolling around with strangers uh getting intimate with strangers was exactly the uh would be too effective <laughs> right now you know <laughs> yeah 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 but uh I definitely i miss jujitsu so much i miss you know, there was a um cartoon i put up uh, a couple months ago uh on facebook and instagram of a uh it was a guy driving driving in his car and he said uh you know and my student loans uh mortgage payments uh is my business failing and then he's shown getting changed into jiu-jitsu it's like okay just breathe concentrate yeah. and, he, and, and, and then it says uh 
Uh, oh, oh, I got tapped out. And the next one says, hey, man, thanks so much. I appreciate it. And it said uh, my, my, my therapy, which is uh, basically yeah. what it was. And it was such a such a good stress relief to get to see great guys like yourself. And, and BlueCon is a special place because it's uh, – I honestly think that I'm blessed in many ways. You know, I have a, a beautiful family, but also – Budokan is such a tight place, you know. Uh, and I owe it all to my brother-in-law too, Matt Cully. You know, he uh, he took me under his wing as well as yourself and uh, and Professor Akbar and Jock, and then uh, is of course Sensei and so many people are just uh, great instructors and like, would take the time to show you stuff and everything like that. And I really am blessed. And uh, I guess I, I owe it all to Matt. Matt, you know, Matt uh, had a big influence and he told me to, to do it. And one of my regrets is that when Melissa and I, Matt's sister, got married in 2009. I think it was the summer of 2009, we went to the old dojo on Rockway Avenue for a couple uh, personal training sessions. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I stopped going. And I regret to this day, I would have the same as you. I would have like 11 years training. And it, yeah. it, 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 it breaks my heart sometimes when I think that I could have had That's uh, okay. you know, so much time training. Saying, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. And the second best time is today. Right now. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But so I true. want to say something about Matt because Matt has been such a, a massive influence on my life too. And I wouldn't be sitting here or talking yeah. to you if it wasn't for Matt because mm-hmm. not once, not twice, but three pivotal times in my life when I fell wow. off the wagon on jujitsu, Matt called mm-hmm. me and wow. made it okay for me to come back. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people, once they get their blue belt, it's widely known the blue belt blues, they disappear. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was no exception. I trained three years as a white belt almost every single day. And wow. my blue belt, I think I got one or two stripes on my blue belt. And then I had my first three or four month lapse. Mm-hmm. And Matt called me and was like, hey, you, if you want to come back, you can come back anytime. I'll train with you. I'll roll with you. Right. Yeah. Maybe uh, a purple belt at that time. And mm-hmm. you just meet me, you know, not private lessons, just as a friend. And he helped me just get my stamina back. So, uh, you yeah. know, ego could handle coming and beat up by everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then mm-hmm. I fell off again for a few months in my, in blue belt. And sure enough, he called me again and he put out that mm-hmm. offer and you know, that fear, like you mentioned it before, when you haven't been training and you know, mm-hmm. you're going back and you just, mm-hmm. know you're going to get, beat up. <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's just a hard feeling. And at the time I didn't realize in it, I didn't have enough, understanding of why I didn't want to go back. But the reason is, is I didn't want to get beat up by people who I used to be. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. You know, Matt met up with me. And then again, um, he did it a third time. And I, and then I, that was around the time I got my fourth stripe on my blue belt. And then I got my fourth stripe. And then once I got my purple belt, it was no looking back from there. And that was about Mm. three years ago. Now I have, um, or maybe four years ago. So I had four, maybe almost five years of consistent, training mm. all through purple belt i never gave up at any time in my purple belt now i have my, four, wow. my purple belt and hopefully you know wow. and i don't care i care less about the belt i care just about i love jujitsu like you know yeah. how yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 the philosophy i just yeah. it's an honor to be able to do it and i yeah. know it would not there would be nothing without matt you know yeah 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 a great great person you know great heart you know and just to, to take the time and just to and he's a phenomenal instructor too. I think that uh, I think that that's something like his personality. He's such a great guy personality-wise, but I think yeah. we don't realize how good of an instructor how he breaks it down. Like he, he's unbelievable. Like I, yeah. you know, like almost like uh, just in, just little little details too. That little nuances yeah. that you don't realize are there, and he just shows you that like, oh, that's how you do it. You know, and, and, and that's something that makes a difference. You know, he's incredible. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Like, yeah. He's, the, he's the combination. First of all, he's like six four. 
<laughs> yep. Mass he's unbelievably strong. Oh yeah. yeah. Insanely strong. Yeah. And he's has the, and he has the technique. He has all the attributes to just be yeah. an incredible jujitsu athlete. He yeah. trains and he's so generous with his time and yeah. and sharing and you know, mm-hmm. he shows up to those six AM classes and yeah, those are great. Yeah. And I always tell him like he's the, he's the man that does it all. He's a fighter, yeah. he's a promoter, yeah. he's a gym owner. Mm-hmm. He's a business yeah. owner. He does video. He does everything. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What I like to say that the folks at home, if you're on Long Island and when everything hopefully gets back to normal, the Rise Invitational that Matt puts together is unbelievable. The talent he has and how good of a job he does with that. And that was like, you know, usually I, I, I work it and then I try to like sneak into the, to watch the show and stuff. And it's unbelievable. What a, what an unbelievable event that he puts on. And yeah. Well, since you know, you're yeah, yeah. you have to do the door. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I try to, you know, I try to, I'm, I like to say, like the logistics guy. I try to help set up and do what I can and everything like that. And, uh, but it's a, if you get, if anyone is a, obviously, that listens to the podcast or a fan of you too, yep. make, make it a point to get the rides. You know what I mean? And, uh, I, you know, I had a couple of friends from the playoffs come by and different people I know, and they were blown away at how good the show was. And that is, uh, you know, the TBI rules and stuff like that. It's just unbelievable. What a show. And, a, and, you know, Definitely kudos to Matt and uh, Blue Neglia for putting that together because it's uh, unbelievable. You know, and you have the top. The thing about the talents that there, you have all the top talent from Henzo's in the city to Marcelo Garcia to Tenth Planet, and then you know uh, Sarah BJJ and uh, Law MMA and all different people, and it's just unbelievable. And everyone gets everyone just gets along, and it's a great night. And I really, I can't. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Rise and how good of a job they do running that. It's on a great show, brings in. And I also, mm-hmm. we also should give a shout out to uh, Kyle Antonelli, our team yes. who yes. is a lawyer, but mm-hmm. carving out a, a little career for himself as, uh, as a yeah. commentator. And yeah. he's, I, I think as good as anybody else out there at doing it. Oh, like, definitely. Yeah. 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 Quick with the words and his ability. Yeah commentate on uh on the techniques on the action like he's like a color yeah. commentator and a and a call play by <laughs> yeah yeah really? well, very articulate very well done yeah yeah they do a they, uh, he did a great job and the podcast they have too the uh the man cave and stuff like that that uh they have also going on and stuff i think randy has one also yeah the yeah, fight uh, is the uh, uh, fight cave is uh kyle is, is matt's yeah. podcast yeah. Kyle's yeah. Podcast. yeah yeah and, and then Randy has the pro and the bro. The pro and bro, yeah. That's what, yeah. They're also yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, podcasting is a great form. I love doing this just because I love catching yeah. up with people talking. Yeah. yeah. And now we can't train together yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah. Like, you got to, yeah. this is a, a, a yeah. new, new yeah. way, evolving way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, one thing I like to say, I don't know if, uh, you know, the folks at home realize that, you know, you, 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 when you were living in Manhattan, you were in Manhattan traveling out to Long Island to your office working all day and then going to the jiu-jitsu. Like, think, I really, like, you deserve credit. And then driving back to Manhattan. Like, there were some nights when you and I would talk for 10, 15 minutes at the class, and then I realized, he still has to drive home. Like, I live in Marlboro, and I'm five minutes away, and I had a long day, but I realized that you have an almost hour drive, and God forbid if you get traffic, it's even longer. So kudos to you, and that just shows your heart, your dedication, your, your like you said, your true love for it, because yeah. to have, you know, that's a long day. Like, we, sometimes we leave there, Nine o'clock at night, and I get home till ten, ten thirty, and then you know you're up the next day again. And so, you know, kudos to you. I know that shows uh, a you lot know, of your work. When you do what you love, it's it's just that's mm-hmm. my since I yeah. started my career, I always commuted, and honestly, my commuting time is is my time. That's the only time that's my time. Yep. That's when I read and listen to books, and that's what I, I do. Yeah, 
in my first book that I wrote with my dad, this is it. I wrote about this and I said mm -hmm. that when I was in my mid early to mid twenties, before I started reading and listening to books, I had gotten out of a relationship. I thought I was going to marry this girl. I was absolutely miserable and devastated when it broke up and I would drive to work every day. And I, all I would do is think and play stories in yeah. my head. All yeah. the must be doing and how much fun she must be having mm -hmm. and how her life is. And, yeah. and it wasn't even happening. I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This thing to myself, I used to go, everything will be okay by lunch. And mm -hmm. I needed my crutch. And then I yeah. would drive home at night and I would say the reverse. I'd say, everything will be okay by dinner. Mm. And on like 35, 40 pounds at that, that time. Yeah. yeah. And um, my dad just recommended the book Money by Tony Robbins to me. Mm. And that was in November of 2014. And that book changed my whole entire, I was doing jujitsu at that time, but yeah. I, was, it, I, didn't, I didn't have an evolved way of thinking like all these mm. books that you and I both love to share and talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And I read that book and it just changed everything for me. And then instead of, he has a line, he says, where focus goes, energy flows. Mm. And I said, instead of thinking in the whole car ride, I just started listening to books. And yep. I, was an hour book. I was reading two books a week on Audible. And then wow. I'd, my office, I'd pick up the book, I'd highlight and underline all the pages, I'd earmark. Yeah. yeah. And that really changed my life. And yeah. Yeah. one little tip. So, so the commute was is my time. You know, when I'm home, yeah. Family yeah. time when I was single, yeah. I would go on dates and I would be out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. but it take a lot. I mean, you know, because you're going into the city too, to the firehouse. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I, I started, uh, I downloaded Audible. I believe it was around this time last year. So it's almost a year. And I believe I'm up to, I just finished two more last week. So I'm up to about uh, 20 or 21 books I've listened to. And some of the ones I listen to, like Washington of Life, which is 48 hours long, Musashi. Some of these books are uh, longer books and stuff like that. And, uh, I, I fell in love with it. I try to, so I, when I row, I try to listen to podcasts. And then when I, uh, when I'm driving, I put Audible on and I, uh, I love it. It's just great. And Audible just expanded also. So they have a bigger library now. Yeah. So it used to be uh, one book per credit per month and then a, a couple of Audible, uh, Amazon selected books. Now they have a larger library. So if anybody's waiting to pull the trigger on Audible, I would definitely do it, do it because now you have a, such a great library to have. A hundred percent. My my staff, I tell them that uh, any book they want, I'll buy it for them. You oh know, wow! Exactly. Giving out books, I constantly. Wow. I have a. I have so many programs like that in my company. I do you know yeah. what Acorns is? The app, the investing app. No, what was it? I'm sorry, you broke up for a second. It's called Acorns, like an Acorn. Oh, yeah, Acorns. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I told my staff, I go, so you shouldn't be buying Starbucks every day if you can afford Starbucks mm -hmm. and afford to invest. So I bought. Exactly, yeah. I wanted it. I said, I'll buy you a Keurig. And I'll pay for your coffee every day, and you take the five dollars and you invest wow. in accordance. Wow. So same That's thing with the interest of reading or showing mm -hmm. up to or investing. It's all the mm -hmm. same. All the yeah, same. yeah, yeah. That's great. I remember uh I believe you put up a post a couple of years ago, maybe where uh you invested in it may have been a corn where you invested in uh, uh a woman that was uh it could be wrong, it was she was making rugs or something in Africa, I think, or something like that. It may have been something else. That's a uh, something I'm very passionate about called micro investing. And it's micro investing. instead of giving charity, I make mm -hmm. uh, I, I every year since I graduated from college, I've made micro loans, and mm -hmm. I've taken the same two hundred dollars and I've recycled it over and over and over again. Wow, that's make, great. Or a twenty-five dollar loan to a woman in Africa, and instead of giving the money for to go buy food. You invest in them starting a business, and then they pay you back slowly. And there's something like a 98% repayment rate among micro. 
every continent all over the country. I probably made like 50 loans by this point to all these different micro enterprises wow. sell clothes or make woven baskets. They make all kinds of things. And wow. the whole philosophy about conscious capitalism and how empowering people and the teaching them mm. is so yeah. much more powerful than the trillions of dollars that have been burned in charity and mm -hmm. program yeah. administrative work that just goes to keep propping up organizations. And I'm not putting my nose down at any of these amazing organizations like mm -hmm. Salvation Army and Red Cross. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're well-needed organizations, but they have hundred million dollar budget mm -hmm. for advertising yeah. yeah. and for yeah. Yeah. administrators. Yeah. Oh, and crazy. Can you imagine you could take the same money and you could, and what I do is I invest it directly with the people that need it. And mm -hmm. so investing, and it sounds crazy, but giving a woman in Africa five US dollars, that could be a month worth of inventory. Wow. So yeah. what I do is I, I use this platform called Kiva, K-I-V-A, okay. and I micro loans. And, I've, and I learned wow. this in college in my senior year, and I became almost obsessed with it because I really... Yeah. At the time, I thought that I wanted to make my make this a bigger part of my life before I started running my business, but yeah. I still made it a part of my life. And wow! And I've made and so, and I've taken the same two hundred dollars since college. I've never had to refund it. And as the money comes in, I just put it back out. Wow, so, that's great! That's excellent. Two hundred, and it's just amazing how far it's gone. Wow! Yeah, that's a and the, just changing lives, literally, just the, helping so many people, and it's a. It's a hand up, as opposed to just a handout, as they say, you know, and you're literally giving people the opportunity to become their dream and work. And, you know, just a, that's, that's a great program. I'm going to look into that myself. Yeah. Actually, uh, I'm going to see if I could, uh, like I said, something to do tonight. This podcast, Mike, is really research for my book. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to write this book over the course of probably the next two years. It's going to take me. My last book took about a year and a half, two years, uh, but I lived it. So it was more of my story and my business. Mm -hmm this book I'm researching with through yeah. these conversations and you know I'm gonna reflect on this conversation I'll take notes on what we talked about today and quotes uh, and bites yeah. yeah then I'm gonna set out to write this book and it's gonna be all about the principles of business and jujitsu and life and mm -hmm. yeah so great but we 100% have to do this again definitely yeah, I'd love to thank you again yeah. for having me I'm uh, well, humbled I'm got to, uh, I mean, you are such a, well, I, I just can't tell you how, you know, how I feel about you and how much respect I have for you. And you've taught me so much about leadership and humbleness and, uh, you know, what you do, you know, in the fire department. I just, I, I want to go back to, I want to build a world where we as a society value our firemen, our policemen, even our politicians, you know, I want to get yeah. back to that to yeah. the point where, yeah all these people they stand for the best part thank god i think people still value the firemen <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but they're yeah. kind of even though it's a a, a a fun rivalry between the police mm -hmm. and the firemen yeah yeah, you know, yeah when you when you talk bad about one public servant you really are talking bad about all public servants yeah 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 because it's uh it's a lot of a lot of times like right now unfortunately some horrible horrific decisions by certain police certain police officers uh, that unfortunately it's speaking for the group and it's not really the case. You know what I mean? Like uh, I try to tell people, you know, everything that happened to certain instances were, were horrific, you know, but I, you know, there's horrible accountants, there's horrible firemen, there's yep. horrible business owners, there's horrible priests. There's a, and the list goes on and on. And I just hope that uh, hopefully everyone just kind of takes a deep breath and relax and realizes that uh, 
there's still a lot of, you know, people, anybody who gets into that, this is a first responder field or military, they have a good intentions and hopefully that uh, we can weed out the bad ones. And that's something that we definitely need to do a better job on, you know, and then, cause it's what it does, it ruins it for the rest of us, you know, and people that have really good intentions and they try to, uh, you know, make a difference in people's lives every day. And unfortunately with the press and the mainstream media and the press in general, Aren't, aren't anybody's friends. They're just looking to make money. And then like anything else, it comes down to the dollar and money. And, uh, you know, a story about a, uh, a police officer pulling someone out of a, uh, a burning car doesn't, isn't going to make headlines. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's you know, just, you know, unfortunately, it's, just, and, uh, it's a very polarized society right now. Everyone kind of is at ends. And I think there's part of it too is people want to be outraged and people want to be upset. And then with, right. with everything with COVID also, I think with everything going on with COVID, People just have a lot of built-up anger and rage, and I think that uh, next time uh, another book that you gave me, which was Dan Crenshaw's book, which oh, is yeah, a great book. Yeah, thank you for recommending that one to me. That was during yeah. during COVID, the beginning of quarantine. I read it, and yeah, next next time we'll we'll, we'll get into uh, definitely yeah yeah yeah. But, uh, yeah. Now it's dinner time. I'm sure you're going with the family too. But yeah. I yeah. want to thank you for being a part of this project and being such oh, a thank great you and teammate. And uh, I, I can't wait to have you back on this podcast. We got to do it again very, very soon. Uh, thank you very much. It was very, uh, very humble. Thank you.